Give me the beat, boys. Free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. That was the song that bled the speakers of my father's Cadillac. Though at that time I could not tell you who sung that song, but neither that nor the wrong my father did seemed to matter to me at that time. Because it was the time with my father that I had most treasure. You see, I was deprived his presence all my life. In fact, I only seen him twice before this day, but this day was special. Because this was the day he wanted to spend with me, his son. And though I was not the only one, and far from being the last, I was the one who resembled him the most, and in the past, the most neglected, the most dejected, but was always supplemented with that statement of bewilderment, like, damn, little nigga, you look just like your dad. And I did. But I wish we shared more than the same face. I wish we shared the same desire to occupy the same space so bad. I wish I can replace those vacant days and deserted nights with fatherly love and sound advice. I would even accept occasional ass whippings if there was a lesson involved. Because stepdad resolved to give out ass whippings on two occasions. And that was day and night. And lessons was always learned. I learned young. I wasn't his and I would never be. And every chance he got, he would beat that fundamental principle in me and my brother from my mother's side. But this poem is not about them. It's about me and my father and how much I adored him. But he would never get to know that. Neither would my mother. Perhaps the love she had for her husband clouded that sentiment I held for my father. You see... I don't blame her for being in love. I just fault her for choosing to love him over that natural instinct to protect me, her own flesh and blood. And now that I think about it, I'm not sure that was love at all. Maybe some twisted theory of emotional misplacement because how do you place the man who lay hands on your sons over the ones who carry your bloodline and find some kind of contentment in that? But once again... This poem is not about her, it's about my father and how that one ride to the racetrack meant so much to me. So there we were in his awkward silence when he finally broke the ice, he looked at me, he said, so, you get any pussy yet? Which was kind of strange being the fact that I was only 12, though he still thought to delve into that topic, so I felt compelled without the slightest bit of hesitation to answer, yeah. yeah. But we both knew I was lying. But he knew I was only trying to impress him. In some strange way, reconnect that natural connection him and I had, but maybe we were too far gone. So far separated that the very ideal that this was my dad seemed unreal. And I blame him for that. I mean, didn't he know I was there? Didn't he understand that no matter what my mother said, I would hear his side of the story because sometimes the narrative of a woman's scorn seems to expand the truth. And the combustion caused by the tension seems to blow things out of proportion. And the debris that settles seems to affect the child, cause 
like those particles. I'm just pieces of a man without him. And it seems like I only had a fraction of a life, and so did he, because his time came way too soon to mend his mistakes. And life is about give and take. I just wish he would have given the time it takes to be my father. Be the guidance I so desperately needed to make me whole. To soothe the bruises of my abused exterior, that stepdad found pleasure in trying to break, but he couldn't. Couldn't penetrate my resilient flesh. Couldn't break my persistent bones. Couldn't scar the surface of my triumphant soul, but you, Dad, you, you, through your neglect, managed to breach the very barriers of my heart and cripple the entire essence of my existence. I just wish you were there. And I just wish you were here, here So I can kiss your forehead and tell you I forgive you Tell you I understand that the fears of a man overtakes him at times And he finds himself far from where he needs to be And you are just a product of that reality But I forgive you And daddy, daddy I miss you, miss you, miss you. So every time that song plays Give me the big boys and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. I think about the ride I had with my father. Give me the big boys, free my soul. Wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Another session of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black. I'm glad to be here today. Today's podcast will be speaking. 
a little bit about family. If you guys heard the poem in the beginning of the show, this poem right here is a very significant poem to me. It's a poem that's very dear to me. I I wrote this poem, believe it or not, when I first started to get into spoken word. Actually, this was maybe 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 my fourth poem my fourth poem into the spoken word game because like i mentioned before i used to write poetry but it wasn't it wasn't on this caliber of like a spoken word trying to perform it but uh this poem was like years and years and years in the making and uh it was it was a hard poem to write actually it's one of my most famous poems is one of the poems I'm 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 really known for this poem right here a ride with my father and this poem it was it was taking the audience on the journey of a day in the life of a 12 year old spending the day with his father now mind you the relationship is is really strained because he he doesn't see him he really doesn't have a relationship with him but this day right here was the day that he was making the attempt to uh to be my father i once went to a spoken word show I went to a spoken word show. I believe, I believe it was the venue was the Brooklyn Swirl. It was like a little, it was a, it was like a ice cream shop or something like that. And they used to host spoken word in there. And the area was like a little spoken word. It was a little known spoken word spot. It was really small, but you had some powerful poets that touched that stage. So one time I went there and I was gonna perform on the open mic. And to this day, I don't remember this brother's name, but he had did a poem. He had did a poem. And this was the first time I seen someone perform a poem in a way where it, it seemed like it was a conversation he was having with the audience. Like right off like the first two minutes of the poem you didn't even know, you didn't even know that you were in the poem you didn't know that this was the poem because it was so it was it was performed so precisely it was performed so precisely that it seemed so natural it seemed like it wasn't scripted it wasn't written but he performed this poem many of times you can tell because he had it down packed and it was a seamless poem but the poem was speaking about his relationship with his dad and the way he conveyed it i thought was brilliant because he conveyed it in a way we're not not using a whole bunch of poetic prose and and different metaphors and similes but he was talking to the audience like a real conversation but it was it just happened to be in rhyme scheme 
like if like for a poet when you follow the story you say oh, this this is in rhyme scheme you can tell and um it was a phenomenal piece but it, it inspired me because i had been wanting to start a poem about my father because this day right here was a, like it was a special day for me because i was really excited uh you know what i mean it was like i'm spending time with my dad and you know what i mean it's gonna be me and him you know, he pulls up with his Cadillac. I get in. It's crazy. So, so many funny things that happened that day. Because that day, I burnt my finger with his cigarette lighter. It was funny. Because I'm looking at the cigarette lighter. I'm looking at the cigarette lighter. And it lights up. <laughs> it lights up. So I know it's hot. I know it's hot. However, it's like the the fire goes out, the redness goes out. So for me, for some strange reason in my head, I'm like, oh, it's cool now. I could touch it. And it wasn't. And I touched it and I burnt my finger, my index finger. I believe it was my index or my thumb. But I, I put it on and it burnt it. So I dropped it. And he had a Cadillac and his Cadillac had like the, I don't know what you call it. It was like a fur, like the fur on like the, the interior where the, where the armrest and everything was at. It was like fur there, like <laughs> whatever. But I dropped the cigarette lighter and it started to burn up the fur. So I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm going crazy. I pick it up. I put it back in. I, mind you, he's in the bank. He's on the way. We on our way to the racetrack and he's in the bank getting money to go gamble with. So while I'm in the car, you like wait in the car right here. So I get I'm in the car and I damn near burn the car down. So I'm trying to get the smell out. So now his interior is a little scorched and I'm trying to like rub out the scorched parts and and open up the windows and let out the smoke. Like as soon as he come in the car, he he smells it. And he was like. What the fuck you doing? You, you trying to burn my car down? Like, nah, it was a cigarette lighter. Like, don't be touching shit. <laughs> but it was crazy. It was it, it was a crazy day, but it was a, it was a day that I will always remember. You know, and I had always wanted to put this emotion that I had for my father on paper. It was really, it was really. You know, it was necessary for me to do this. It felt, it felt like it was like almost a rite of passage that I had to just, just get it out and, and write this poem. So mind you, I write the poem. Now, the version that you guys heard wasn't the initial version. It wasn't the, it wasn't, it wasn't the original version. What happened with the original version that I wrote? It was in my phone, and I and I'm a person that don't write. I don't write poems in my phone because I'm I'm from the analog stage. I like to write stuff down. I think it's more intimate, and I, it helps me to remember better when I write it down. So for this poem right here, it was like I was inspired. I had it written down, but I was inspired. While I was writing it So I was on my phone Adding pieces to it 
because I would let the poem come to me. I didn't write it down in one shot. I let it come to me. This this poem was written over the course of maybe, I want to say two weeks to three weeks. Because I would, it's a long piece, but I would, I would write and then I would, you know, think, contemplate on that day and try to get as much detail as I could into that poem and what I was going through at that time. So I think I accomplished it. And I had wrote the poem. I had it in my phone, stored in my phone. And I had it written down on paper. Both copies got destroyed. The one on my phone, I wound up changing phones. Forgot I had some poetry in the phone. Got rid of the phone, whatever the case may be. And I didn't realize it until maybe a month or two later. And I was like, let me go check this poem out or whatever the case may be. And I was like, oh, snap, it's not in this phone. It's... And at that time, I didn't know how to do all that, the 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 backup, iCloud and all that stuff. That was foreign to me. So I had lost that. So I was like, you know what? I had memorized most of it. It was mostly memorized because I, I, I usually memorize a poem really pretty good. So most of my poems, like when I when I when I spit a poem live, I'm always spitting it from memory. Like reading poems for me is like I get more I get more into the poem when I can just have it off the top of my head and I can deliver the emotions and the actions and the and the gestures that I want to deliver that with it. You know, so that poem. So I, so I write the poem over again. I write it over again. I, those poems get lost. The other one, the written one I had, I had it in my car. And for this crazy day, my back window was open. And I thought I had put all my windows up and it was open. And I usually leave my book bag right in the car. So I get home from work. I got my book bag in the car and I was like, I right, bet. You know, let me go upstairs. I come back. I notice that the back window is open. I'm like, wow. And I look for my book bag. It's not dead. Somebody took it. I was like, wow. So I lost that poem. So I said, well, I got to. And and mind you, I lost that poem. And I I lost about maybe 70% of my first album that arrived with my father's on that first album. So I lost that poem and I lost about 70 to 80% of that album that I had to rewrite. So I had the concepts of the album already. I had the concepts of the poem that I wanted to write, but the actual poems that I wrote, you know, got stolen with my book bag. But anyway, I reinvented all those poems and, and the album came out great. You know what I mean? It came out great. I wouldn't take it back for nothing in the world, but This poem was a poem that was, that was really, that is very, very, very dear to me because it unpacks a lot that happens into my life. I make mention of the, the, I want to say resentment that I had recently in recent years. I had rekindled with my mother. It was, that's why it's very important. 
is very important because I understand like when we're young, we get into relationships, the relationship doesn't work, you know, and, and sometimes both parties are not are not at ease with that. One party may be at ease with that, but but the other party may not be. And when you have children, when you have children in that relationship, a lot of that strain oftentimes falls upon the child. You know, especially when you look just like the father, the same father who did your mother wrong or, you know, they things didn't end well with them. So all of that anguish, that subconscious, you know, you know, you, you do your best you can do as a parent. I understand that now that I'm that I'm more mature. But when I was young, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that back in these in this time, I remember I, I believe my mother was like 26, 27. You know? So when she was like 26, 27, I remember vividly, you know, how she felt about my father. You know, and I and I and and I felt the 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 I got the bad end of the stick of it, you know what I mean, when she was really fed up, you know, because the way the way she explains it to me, you know, they was they were engaged to get married and you know, he did some foul stuff or whatever the case may be, and it you know, the relationship ended. But, you know, there's a kid involved. So the fact that you have a kid involved, you know, when you're when you're your 26 year old self, sometimes we're not thinking on the level of the child. We don't think on the level of how is this going to affect my child? And in this case, you know, it was a it was a negative effect. It was a negative effect because, you know, I lost a lot of time with my father. Uh, I grew up thinking that my father was one way, but he wasn't, you know, it wasn't until I got older that I started to understand, I started to find out and know the good side of my father, you know, that's why I made mention in the poem. I said, sometimes the combustion cause, it causes debris and that the debris sometimes it affects the child. You know, when when the parents can't get right and then one parent has a child and then bad mouth the other parent. So I'm growing up thinking my father was a deadbeat. He was a no good dude or whatever the case may be. And that was far from the case, you know. So when my father passed, my father, he dies at when I was at the age of, I believe I was 15. 15 going on 16 years old my father passed away and I took it hard I took it hard I took it hard and when I found out all of these good things about him later on in life that I found out that me and him we had a lot of things in common a lot of things in common him and I had and I missed out on all that because my mother like at that time she didn't want me to be around him Cause she's upset You know And for a long time I held some form of resentment Towards my mother for that But in recent years We rekindled that You know And we're the best of friends today 
But then looking back in retrospect, I, I got to understand and and know that you do what you can when you're young and you're you're trying to raise a child. I think my mother did a hell of a job with me. I think she did a hell of a job. But, you know, at when I was young, I, I used to resent her and be like, why did you leave my father or, you know, or why do you choose this guy or whatever the case may be and you know but we we don't work that out but i say that to say that you definitely have to be careful a lot of times we get in the heat of the moment and we make babies it is what it is we're here to procreate no shade but when you have a child you know there always come a time when a when a boy has to put away his toys and he has to pick up the hand of his man man up and a lot of times we don't do this i used to see a lot of guys when i was growing up cuz i didn't have my first child until i was older i i really evaded having children because I wasn't really sure if I wanted to have children. Being the experience that I had growing up, I wasn't sure I wanted to have children. So I, I you know, I had a child later in life. I have a daughter, beautiful, the love of my life. And, um, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to have children. So when, So anyway, <clears throat> I used to see a lot of guys growing up when I was in my when I was in my 20s and my 30s. I would see a lot of guys would have a whole bunch of problems with their with with their their child's mother. Baby mama drama. All the songs out at the time, baby mama drama, got the baby mama drama. Baby mama drama and I'm like I always thought like why why is it so hard like what's so hard about it and then I realized sometimes like men men are very simple men are very simple that's why you have to be responsible men and women we both need to be responsible men men man is very simple he sees something he likes it let's go for it he doesn't he doesn't thinks about he doesn't think about the ramifications behind his actions. He see a shorty, oh she got a fatty, yo, I'm on it. You know? And you're not you're not really planning on having children and it happens. You know? It happens. And then she decides to keep the baby. Then what happens? Now only thing you had, you know, going for you like she had a fatty. You know what I'm saying? Now she's pregnant. Now that fatty done went away and she ain't got it no more. Or she don't look the same way she used to look. So now, oh, you don't want nothing to do with her. The amount of disrespect I seen brothers, my young brothers, disrespect these young sisters in the street. Vice versa, both. Disrespectful. All because we don't want to be responsible. So if you have a child, man up. You have a child, man up. Speaking for the men. 
and women, you need to grow up. You know, having a baby doesn't make you a mother. You know, by default, you're the child's mother. But just having a baby doesn't make you mother of the year. And you see that a lot. You see a lot of sisters have that attitude. Oh, I'm the mother. But you don't do motherly things. We need to wake up. Wake up. So this poem was a very, a very dear poem to me. And it's oftentimes requested. It's oftentimes requested when I when I go perform. And it's a very heartfelt piece. And like in the beginning of my poetry career, I used to do it a lot. But now this poem gets harder and harder to do because there's a lot of emotion tied to it. Just listening to it in the beginning of the show, I was like, wow, it just brought so many so many memories back. So many memories, good and bad. So this ride with my father, this day he takes me to the racetrack. And he basically, you know, it was just basically like, yo, this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. We had a great time. You know, we had a great time. And I'll remember that day for the rest of my life. Because I didn't have too many days with my father. Father's Day is, is approaching. Father's Day, you know, if your father is still here, embrace him. Forgive him. They did the best they could. Sometimes we don't understand that when we're young. We want to curse our parents. Oh, my, my, my daddy ain't shit. You know how many times you eat that story? My daddy ain't shit. Fuck my daddy. And a lot of times, it's all because the mother have put, has put a, a, a crazy image in the child's head from young. Oh, your daddy ain't nothing. Your daddy don't care about you. Look what's going on with 50 Cent and his son. They beefing on public platforms and, you know, it's like crazy. And, and as 50 explained it, I can, I can see it clearly, you know? Like, you got you got the new Jordans. He say, yo, you got the new Jordans, but your mother tell you, oh, I'm going to get these Jordans for you, but uh, I don't know why you don't got all of them. Your father is 50 Cent. You should have all of them. So a child listens to this he gets a false sense of entitlement which is bad see a lot of times like men are simple but women are very emotional very emotional and emotional doesn't mean necessarily being a bad thing you know the stability mixed with emotion it brings balance so emotional is not necessarily wrong but sometimes you have to check your emotions and sometimes you gotta look past you Sometimes you got to look past your ego. You know, part of being a mother is sacrifice. Sometimes you got to sacrifice your ego for your child's well-betterment or your child's well-being. 
Think about it. All these baby daddies can't be shit. And all these baby mamas can't be shit. Sometimes, sometimes you got to do to my old, my baby mama, she stressed me. Why? Because she's stressing you to get a job. She's calling you to, to, to step up to the responsibility, to the plate, and, and take care of what, what you have in your ward. That child came from your loins. You fertilized that child in her, in her, in her garden or on her soil. But that seed is yours. That seed belongs to you. And you're responsible what happens to that seed. It's your responsibility to caretake that seed. Once you put it in the ground, the farmer put the seed in the ground, it's his, it's his obligation to go and care for that seed. Nurture it. Feed it. Protect it. You'll find farmers putting out traps to protect the crop from vermin, insects, and such of the like. You know? So we got to really look. Look at these analogies and look at these similes and, and put it together. We can get further together than we can apart. A child needs balance. A child needs balance. A child needs the right amount of stability mixed with the right amount of nurturing and care. Both parties are needed if you want a balanced child. You sisters, stop putting negative, negative images of your child's father in your child's head. Because it's going to come back to bite you. When that child gets, the child is not going to be feeble forever. And sometimes we fail to realize that. We have memories. The same way you have memories, children have memories. They're going to remember. They're going to remember the shady shit you used to do to keep them away from their father. And it's going to haunt you in your older age. And you're going to need them. When that resentment step in and they don't want to be next to you. You feel like you're being abandoned. You always got to look past yourself. Look past yourself. Put the time in. Great things can happen when you put the time in. You never know what your circumstances can be. You will never know what joy, what opportunity what blessing that child can come and bring into your life. You never know. But if you're man enough and you're woman enough to lay down, then you should be man and woman enough to stand up. It's just the way it is. The things we do, the things we expose our children to matters. And you see it today. You see it today. So we should take our, we should take the time that it takes to raise our children. And raise them in, in, in a form where, where they can be balanced. 
if things can't work out between you and your and your child's father or your your baby's mother, then at least be civil for the child's sake. You guys don't have to be together, but no matter what, you have a child together. And I applaud parents who co-parent and they co-parent amicably. And they co-parent, you know, when they when when they don't they don't badmouth the other. And they support each other in raising that child. And they show a united front. This is being mature. Nobody's saying you gotta stay together. Things don't work, things just don't work. But at the end of the day, be man enough and be woman enough to say, okay. Let us be let let us be at least civil for this child's sake. Let us be. Let us be, you know, understanding that we have a child that's gonna need both our attention. That's gonna need both our efforts. Like it didn't work between us, okay. But we still have a seed together. A lot of times we're not mature enough. That's why they say, they say that old expression, babies having babies, is impossible. Baby is impossible for a baby to have a baby. But a young woman or a young man is very possible. That's why you need the parents to explain and under and let them understand so we don't fall in the same mistakes that, the same mistakes our parents make we don't make those same mistakes it's about a cycle it's about knowledge and knowing and understanding the more you know it should change your actions it should change your characteristics it should change the way you think it's useless to have information that you don't act upon insane even If we know better, we got to do better. Especially with the black community. We got strikes against us already. It's hard enough being a black male and a black woman in this society. Let alone couple that with the fact that we're in balance black people. We got daddy issues. We got mommy issues. Let's take heed So if you have your father in your life I need you to go to your father And tell your dad Say daddy I love you And I know you did the best you could And I appreciate you take for granted what's here today can be gone tomorrow what I wouldn't do to have my father here today spit a poem for him 
this Father's Day, tell your dad that you care. Dads get it bad sometimes. We get shirts and socks, sweaters and socks, sweaters, socks, and ties. There's not a lot of whole, there's not a whole lot of hoopla on this Father's Day. Mother's Day, you get the bells and whistles. I often tease, often tease and be like, uh, when it's Father's Day, you don't hear nothing. You hear you hear one commercial in the middle of the night. When it's Mother's Day, you get a whole weekend. Father's Day, you get an hour. You get you get it till twelve o'clock. You probably get some breakfast. <laughs> you might get some breakfast. Get a get a get a pair of socks and a sweater, and that's it. On with the day. Mother's Day is a whole weekend. <laughs> but if your dad is in your life. Especially if he if he was there. Call that man. Tell him how much you appreciate him. If your dad is still here and he was a deadbeat, don't be so quick to write him off. Hear his side of the story. There's always two sides of a story. You wouldn't believe some of the things that brothers go through. There's always two sides of the story. Hear his side of the story. But never mind that. The fact that he's here, you need to go to him and let him know that you understand. Don't take for granted what you can do today because it can be gone tomorrow. Know yourself. Know all the mistakes you made. All of the bad decisions you made. All of the things that you wish you could take back. And afford that to your father. Chalk it up to the fact that it was it was all it was because I was young. What they say, blame it on the alcohol or but you never know what. You never know what went down, you know? Sometimes we just take the mother, we just take our mother's word for it because mom is there. Mom is there, so you want to take her word for it. You eat mommy food every night. Mommy get your clothes ready for school in the morning. Mommy ain't going to steer you wrong. Sometimes mommy, she fall victim to her emotions just like everyone else. Point being, family. Know yourself. Afford that to your parents. And if 
you're man enough to make a baby, be man enough to take care of that baby. And if you're woman enough to lay down to have a baby, then be woman enough to take care of that baby. Do what's necessary to nurture that baby. And you'll get over your ego. If he was a bad dude, you'll find someone better. But if your child, let your child find that out for himself. If he's a bad guy, give him a chance. Because a man could change his ways. Don't badmouth him with your child. Because you never know when things can change. The more we know, the more we grow. We all need second chances. Family, I want to leave on this note. Your parents... Sometimes they're not the Sometimes they don't make all the right decisions But believe me They always think they're making the best decision And we're not always right But besides that Hear their side of the story get to understand the things that was going on in their life at the time and perhaps things can get reconciled but if your parents are here today with you if your mom is here call her and tell her you love her and that you appreciate all that she's done and if your father's here really tell him sometimes we men we need to hear it Really tell them, like, Daddy, I appreciate you. Don't always think that it's a given that they know that. Sometimes they need to hear it. Just remember, family, love yourself and love each other. This is Spoken Soul Sessions. And I'm your host, Poetic Black. I want to remind the audience, if if you want to get your spoken word out there and you want to use a platform to get your spoken word out there, please do not hesitate to send your press kit, send your link where where I can see you perform or hear some of your work to SpokenSoulSessions at gmail.com. That's Spoken Soul Sessions, S-P-O-K-E-N-S-O-L-S-E-S-S-I-O-N-S. And we'll get you on the show. Until next time, family. Stay safe.